Hey folks, welcome to another edition of Agency Unfiltered. I'm your host, Kevin Dunn, and Agency Unfiltered is a weekly web series and podcast that interviews agency owners, executives, and founders from around the world about operations, growth, and scale. Episodes can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever it is that you prefer to listen to your podcasts. Today we have Darren Smith, Chief Sales and Innovation Officer and Co-Founder of Hubble. In lieu of HubSpot's relaunch of Service Hub, we talk customer experience consultancy. Specifically, how does he define customer experience and where and how does that overlap with customer journey mapping? And what does the full service offering entail? And how involved is Darren's team with defining and or introducing process on top of any required software implementation? We pivot to sales conversations, value propositions, and why marketers actually bring a really valuable, unique perspective to customer experience consultancy. We wrap with reporting, how he measures and benchmarks success for clients, and how his team ensures a positive ROI for every customer experience consultancy engagement. You're listening to Agency Unfiltered. Darren, hello. Welcome to Agency Unfiltered. How you doing? Or welcome back to Agency Unfiltered, I guess. How you doing? Yeah, good, good. It's uh, It's been quite a while. Um, so, it's, yeah, good to be back. How are things uh, across the pond, so to speak? Um, how's everything with uh, Hubble? How's everything with the team? How are you doing? Yeah, pretty good. Um, yeah, the, the team has uh, vastly expanded uh, since we, we last spoke. I think... Uh, we last spoke, we were kind of around the 40-person mark. Um, we're currently at about 115 people um, and all over the world. Um, and so, yeah, and, you know, I, I think we've spoken about scaling issues before and that type of thing. <laughs> yeah. um, so the last two years in the lockdown, um, it's been a very interesting ride um, scaling uh, the business. Yeah, if it's, you know, process creation as a means of scaling. I think that might have been one of the topics we've had in the past but yeah, I mean, that's the real stress test for putting that into practice, I can imagine. A global team of 100 plus, for sure. Uh, and I think last Absolutely, time we yeah, I think... spoke, uh, you were still Empol, to be honest. So, uh, you know, obviously with the the merger uh, and everything, uh, some some major changes there as well. Absolutely, major changes. And I think I was, what I was going to add there is, is to say, um, with a global team, uh, you immediately start working with larger customers. And so a lot of the process that we had set up before um, was to deal with uh, that kind of SMB type clients. Um, and it's a very different process that you not only to serve larger number of employees, but larger size customers. So it's been yeah, very interesting um, going through the merger and, and, and putting that into place. And there isn't really a, you know, a playbook uh, per se um, to kind of look at. So it's been kind of learning on the job. Um, that's the exciting part, hopefully. What's like, in regards to processes that were built for SMBs, by no means is this the topic at hand, I think, for the episode, but it's worth digging into. In regards to processes built to serve SMB clients, and now your large-scale customers uh, with a global team, what's what was the biggest change? What was like the biggest uh, thing you had to update or, or tweak to your existing processes? So when you're dealing with smaller clients, um, the work that you do can be less, less contextual, um, so what we were doing is 
building a large team of resource and project managers who would find somebody that could do a job, whether it create a workflow or the, you know set up a, a service hub pipeline, as an example, with 30 minutes to, to an hour to, to do that. Um, and But when it comes to larger customers, you need to, it's a lot more contextual. Their portals are a lot more complex. So you have more dedicated resource working with specific customers. And so there we, we've had to grow out more specialists as opposed mm. to more resource managers, which is a different, a very different approach. Um, and, and, and has, you know, we're still kind of testing it a little bit, but it's, uh, it seems to be working. Well, we'll have to circle back in a few months, uh, maybe the, to close the trilogy of our episodes together. We'll, we'll, we'll expand on that a little bit more, <laughs> see how it went. Um, yeah, sure. Darren, for today, uh, let's talk customer experience and customer service. Um, obviously it's something that Hubble has experience in, uh, and rather than just default to bundling those two things together. Uh, let's start with this. How would you differentiate the definition of customer experience consultancy from Hubble versus customer service consultancy? Or is there a delineation to be cognizant of? Yeah, I think there is a delineation. I think, uh, you know, customer service, let me start with that. I mean, like, I think sure. that is very much to, to do with kind of supporting and helping existing customers at least that's the way that that kind of we see it customer experience is the entire engineered uh journey um that is post-sale um so from onboarding to um uh, anticipating the challenges that the client might have uh, renewals um kind of referrals even um you know so so you know what if, if if a customer comes to us and says, right, we have a customer services team and we need to implement a tech stack and and so I'm, yep. I'm like that's a much more simple ask than a hey we're looking at improving customer experience because we want referrals um, and word of mouth marketing. I think for me, um, you know, there are agencies out there that position themselves as viral marketing agencies so they create these things that people share and hopefully that results in lots of people coming to you but what we focus on is creating amazing customer experiences that just because of that amazing customer experience somebody shares and that results in that same viral effect but it's less gimmicky yeah, there's a virality in delivering a remarkable customer experience to that note which is a great point and it sounds like uh, to reflect it back, customer experience is every touch point in the entire customer journey or customer life cycle. Customer service consultancy is helping improve either the processes, the capabilities, and or the tech stack of an existing customer service team at a prospect or client. Is that a fair way to break it down? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, that customer experience as, as a holistic uh, kind of experience could start during the sales process. Um sure. Uh, and then it it carries on through you know how does uh, you know the customer receive invoices and how do they feel when they receive invoices you know that's uh, you know that's all part of what you you engineering and and that's the way we look at it is we engineer a desired customer experience because because customers will have an experience you can't stop a customer from having an experience so you need <laughs> to right. engineer the desired experience and hope that most of your customers will follow that desired experience. But if you haven't engineered an experience, 
you can be guaranteed none of your customers will follow that desired experience. It sounds like, uh, you know, the, the quote around like company culture, right? Whether you intent- are intentional about engineering it or not, culture does happen. So it's like you want to take control of what the, the optimal culture would be. Same thing with customer experience. It's going to happen uh, whether you plan, you know, how much intention you put around it or not. Um, what does that look like uh, in an engagement with Hubble? So how do you help uh, your prospects or existing clients, again, provide the intention or engineer what they want the customer experience to look like? How, how do you get involved in that? So we uh, use a methodology um, of customer journey maps. Um, you know, the visualization I would like you to put in your head is kind of a, a metro or underground train style map um, where there's various stops along the way. Um, and you know, getting initially to the station that you want to get to, we consider that all customer acquisition. Um, once you're at that station and you then want to go to the next destination or go somewhere else, that's all what we consider post-sale. And that's where a lot of the customer experience work um, kind of sits. So we take, you know, the stages almost of the flywheel and we've built them out where it's like kind of, okay, we've got a new customer. What's, what's going to happen with onboarding? Um, you know, what's going to happen um, with the issues they might have, like like all the different things. And we try and brainstorm as much as possible. And just like, you know, when we were marketing consultants and the traditional kind of marketing campaign was like, or marketing kind of rollout was one campaign a quarter, um, uh, we kind of look, look at the customer journeys quite similar in that they you can constantly create new customer journeys and you can even create parallel customer journeys for different personas or different segments and so on. So you might have, you might start off with one onboarding journey. So all customers, as soon as they sign up with us, they're going to get this experience. But as you start A-B testing and so on, like then you can start going, okay, well, let's create a second one for this particular segment or this particular audience. And so we engineer all, all of that very much from a strategic and communications point of view. And it's actually our marketing consultants that are very much involved in that because they, you know, the quality of a marketing consultant is to understand humans um, and their behaviors. Um, and then, and then once we know the type of messaging and uh, the cadence of those messages and so on, that's when we then move over and say, okay, like how are we going to do this from a technology perspective? Um, and is that using features in service hub? Is that using normal marketing automation features. What What is that um, to actually make this these journeys come to life? Um, I really like the visualization of like a metro map or like the transit system in a city. I don't know. Have you ever been on one of the trains in Boston? I have, yes. So not the best metaphor for Bostonians, but there are some cities with really, really strong uh, transportation systems. So it's like, I think from your side of the world, that's that's a that's an applicable metaphor, I think. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I always get so confused at that station right at the HubSpot Cambridge office. Like, yeah, it's like doesn't feel like a proper station. You cross the tracks, and yeah, very, yeah, very weird drop station. You off and under a bridge, and there's the HubSpot office. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's interesting that you uh, have the, the the marketing folks or the folks that may be offering consultancy around marketing. Those skills translate and apply over for this like customer experience journey as well. I think. A follow-up question I had was around the way in which the people involved may change when talking about customer experience, right? Are there new stakeholders 
and folks that you have to be concerned of from the client side and the Hubble side, at least from the Hubble side, no, uh, those skills may translate over. But what about the client side and the stakeholders you need to engage? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, many, many of the clients will have some sort of customer support um, function, customer service function. Um, actually, like, and if you go into Google Trends, um, you'll actually see the growth of the customer experience officer um, mm. as a search term, which is showing that like more and more companies are, are even hiring somebody that's just focused or a team focused on customer experience as a whole. But yeah, in terms of the people that you're getting, getting involved, it's, it's if there is a help desk or support center, there's those people involved. Um, and, you know, part of the process might be analyzing you know, what help desk tickets are being opened, uh, you know, what knowledge base articles are being searched on, if they even have that. Um, yeah. Otherwise, you might be involving those customer experience people. Uh, you, there might be a provisioning team or an onboarding team of sort, like whether that is, if, I mean, if you work in for an e-commerce company, that provisioning team are the people that get the orders and then have to put your stuff in a box and post it to you. And what is that experience like? Um, uh, so anything that happens kind of post sale, which is often actually more the back office functions, um, you know, HubSpot agencies are traditionally working with sales teams and marketing teams, um, which are the front office. Um, mm-hmm. and then yes, customer support and customer service is, is front office. Um, uh, but the people that actually deliver that work are often back office workers. So it's getting them involved um, and, you know, the reason why, like, like just to repeat what I was saying about that marketing consultant is they understand yeah. communication. Um, you know, so, you know, when I see a pure technology rollout of a customer experience program, that is, you, you end up with situations where maybe you get a text message at one minute past midnight. Now, that's not an awesome experience, um, but... Theoretically, the ne- you've received a message the next day. Uh, you know, somebody that's purely technical might be like, you know, that's achieved. Um, but the marketer will be like, well, let's. Most people wake up at half past seven, eight in the morning, so let's send them their first tech message at like nine o'clock, so it's not too doesn't wake them up in the middle of the night. Um, so it's it's important to have that element if you want to do the strategy part. Like, of course, you can just do a pure tech rollout. The client knows exactly the customer experience and service that they want and you just helping them move onto a technology stack. Yep. I want to get over to the tech stack and like some systems configuration piece. Um, is it, is it more frequent that the clients and prospects you talk to already have this function and it's the change management component onto a new system? Or do you oftentimes see someone that wants to build this function from the ground up and therefore you're almost like creating net new processes alongside a systems rollout. What do you see more frequently and do you prefer one or the other? So by far what we see the most is there are a bunch of cobbled together processes and tools going yeah. mostly spreadsheets, um, uh, you know, uh, and um, Trello boards and, yep. uh, you know, group email addresses, uh, you know, that support at somebody, uh, you know, very disorganized and mismatched things that are working. And these people that work in this function aren't necessarily, um, uh, what's the word, kind of 
you know, I wouldn't say technology savvy, but they're not like kind of uh, pushing new technology. So what we what yeah. we are seeing increasingly is um, this being driven by the, the by the technology team, the chief technical officer. This person coming in and saying like what you've got here, spreadsheets cobbled together, um, it just not uh, you know scalable. Um, and and what we've been seeing more and more as HubSpot positions itself as a front office tech stack yeah. is the CTO going right. Well, like I've got the back office covered. That's covered by some ERP system and yep. and, and and so on. But I need to now like kind of unify the front office. And we've got sales, we've got marketing, customer service is absolutely front front office. Um, so so like a lot of these conversations, you would think are being initiated by, you know, the chief customer officer, the VP of customer service. But what we find is they're a stakeholder and they're actually being initiated by the chief technology officer. Yep. Somebody that's a little more tech forward or like tech driven, right? Or yeah, with a goal of improving the efficiencies around tech. If you uh, uh, have one of these conversations or I find somebody that has like a really cobbled together, inefficient customer service uh, tech stack, if you will, what's, what, how do you communicate the value prop of a more cohesive system? You know what I mean? And whether they're already on HubSpot, uh, or not, you know, how do you, what, what's the value prop of, of, um, you know, going or removing some of the cobbled aspects of it? So the way that they are currently scaling their organization is generally by adding more and more people and that's costly, um, and time consuming. So, it's, it's, it's quite an easy sell when we say, right, like actually you're going to be able to keep your existing team um, and, uh, you know, maybe even consider the salary of one additional person. Now, rather than hiring that additional person, let's put that salary, whatever it is, uh, you know, uh, if I take dollar amount or $5,000 a month, um, let's put that into, into technology rather and build a whole bunch of automation templates. And you're going to be able to get so much more out of this existing team. Um, plus then um, there's a big element of the, what we found is often these teams have somebody dedicated to building reports manually. Hmm. Um, and, uh, and so we can say, well, you know, that person is going to have a whole bunch of more time to actually then rather analyze the reports than build them and then make improvements. So there's there's a lot of time efficiencies that can be realized in that value proposition. And then, of course, there's um, uh, you know increased NPS and customer happiness mm-hmm. and 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 so on. That's that's another. I suppose that's leading on to talking about measurement. But like generally, these these companies, the things that are worrying them, the pain points are cost of of of, of scaling this. Yeah. Um, and and then, you know, our competitors are beating us on experience, and we keep on hearing, "Oh, I'm moving over to competitor X because, you know, I'm not getting a great experience from you." And um, and so they, they're starting to think like, "Well, how, how are we going to change this?" Um, and uh, and they, I suppose, they start speaking to stakeholders. That's mm-hmm. when the CTO comes in and says, okay, there's technology and there's lots of technology out there. You know, there's lots of competitors to HubSpot. There's lots of technology. And I think what that value proposition that the, that the um, HubSpot partners really need to that kind of zone in on is what I've been talking about around most of us come from a marketing background. 
right? So you could go to a company that rolls out Zendesk as an example, but that, that company is most likely going to be an IT company and they don't really understand humans. Um, you know, if you come to a HubSpot partner, we're going to make recommendations on what should you say in your message? Uh, you know, why you should say it that way? What icon should be in your email? Like, should this be a text message? Should we start showing them Facebook ads to say sorry um, if, if there was a mistake? You know, that's a, it's a whole communications part besides just the technology element. Yeah, it's almost like the human-centric aspect of a systems rollout. It's not just the IT, just, okay, getting the nuts and bolts and turning a system on, but it's layering in that human element and some of the more strategic consultancy from like a marketing perspective. Yeah, that makes sense. And I don't mean to rewind us a minute or so back, but I really liked the point about, uh, oh, like what the budget would be for an additional headcount, investing that in software, and you're actually creating the bandwidth and the efficiencies uh, more, more so than what just one additional person would bring to the table potentially. And I think to your point, the manual report pulling that that person has to own and things like that. Um, granularly about the systems configuration or like the implementation and onboarding, what does that generally look like for something like Service Hub, right? We've identified the gaps in the needs. Uh, we've communicated the value props uh, and they're bought in. Like what does the rollout of something like Service Hub look like? So what, what we look at is like, once again, we take the different um, stages of a buyer journey or, or post-sale buyer journey. So starting with onboarding. Now, how do we engineer amazing onboarding experience? So generally what we do is we set up a onboarding uh, ticket pipeline um, with hmm. the stages that someone will go through. Um, and, and then through each of those stages, we have automation built off, whether that is tasks, whether that is emails, text messages, whatever that is to onboard that particular particular customer. Mm -hmm. Then we start looking at, okay, so um, now we need to think about customers that have issues. What type of issues do they, do they have? Um, you know, are, do all these issues go to one team? Do they go to different teams? Is there SLAs involved? Like, you know, if a certain type of customer has an issue, do we have to respond faster? Does a different team need to respond? So we consider all of those different things, map all that out in uh, kind of some sort of lucid chart and and then work out once again, like which uh, kind of inboxes do we need to create? Which uh, chatbots do we need to create? Which uh, uh, additional pipelines, uh, you know, are these, is the process of resolving a custom issue the same? Because then we'll just have one support pipeline. Um, or is the process different for different products, different regions, uh, which might result in, in multiple different different pipelines? Mm -hmm. um, we also look at the reporting requirements. So um, that also might determine the different kind of uh, pipelines that we might might need to create. Um, and so we've got we've we've got that for for customer service. Um, then in most of these cases, we want to evaluate how did we do with onboarding. How did we do when you had this problem? Um, so then we start looking at surveys, NPS, CSATs, mm -hmm. that type of thing. Um, and, 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 and at the same time, we're starting to consider, um, you know, how much self-service can we get a customer to do? Customers, um, you know, I heard, you know, was this two years ago, that kind of Brian Halligan's uh, like kind of big keynote talk was like, can you believe people are more happy and give you higher NPS ratings when they can help themselves. Right, <laughs> um, right. You know, so like, can we build out a knowledge base? 
um, and, uh, and 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 so we start, uh, you know, adding articles into in, in, into a knowledge base. And this is just the onboarding and the and the customer service part. Then we yeah. can start looking at okay, well, um, you know, what about um, upsells? You know, how are we going to manage uh, upsells? How are we going to manage renewals? Um, you know, how are we going to manage, um, for example, um, if it's a if you've got key account managers, uh, you know, health checks, and if there is, if uh, if you go into a customer and they go, "What well, I'm unhappy about this," you want to stop a problem before it becomes a problem. So we might develop a, a cases style ticket pipeline, mm. um, and 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 what's quite interesting is, in in situations like that, we can start looking at associations. So we can say, right, every time a ticket is opened, let's associate the product in HubSpot that this relates to. Let's uh, let's uh, kind of create a custom field for I don't know region or whatever. Like the, the we can uniquely identify the particular issue. Um, for one of the clients um, that actually um, uh, sold physical devices, um, we had a devices custom object um, so that. When there was a problem with a device, we selected the device. And then the reporting we could get out of that is, is there a particular manufacturer that gives us devices that are really faulty? Because uh, there's so many tickets related to this particular device, because maybe we need to switch manufacturer then. Um, so, you know, we, we, there, there's, there's all, all those elements that come, come together. Obviously, I've mentioned reporting now, which is a big part of, of, of the rollout. Um, right. And then, and then, of course, as I was, as I've said several times, like we then also consider the communication elements along here. So, if somebody does open a ticket, what do we want to say to them? When do we want to say things to them? Does that require just email? Can we do text message? What about WhatsApp? Um, what about remarketing? You know, you don't have to only use the HubSpot Ads tool for custom acquisition. We're using it here for um, post sale as well. In the example for the uh, the client that had like physical devices, um, it brought up a really good point. I mean, it sounds like if anything, uh, associations, custom objects when appropriate. But basically what you want to do is the root cause analysis of true issues, right? And I think like if you're able to accurately categorize that, you can be a lot more strategic in the way in which you improve the customer experience, right? Um, yeah, you- and that's actually a service um, that, that we offer is um, you know on a monthly basis going in and and or a quarterly basis and saying to the client you know these are your common common themes like either let's uh, let's engineer a custom exp- a self service custom experience so that people stop having this issue or let's let's change manufacturer or, or, or whatever which you know they might be doing themselves but coming from a third party is almost like a doctor's second opinion. And us giving them, you know, have you considered this? And so just like when you sell a marketing retainer and you're saying, hey, you know what? We should try and change this color of the CTA. Um, This is like, you know, I'm seeing that there's loads more people that are complaining about this particular thing. Like, you know, let's try to sort that out. A lot of the, uh, the implementation aspects that you put into place uh, the the channels in which you communicate on the onboarding flow, the tasks that you assign the reps, the knowledge base articles that you create for folks to self serve, like I would, a lot of that comes from probably like a more substantial, thorough discovery process, right? You mentioned the Lucid chart, like you have to 
to build this whole, you have to have visibility into this whole process and what clients need and what the biggest pain points are. How, how laborious, how thorough is that process? How much time does that take? How closely do you work with the clients? Like I can imagine that's a, obviously a critical step, but a time, time intensive step. What does that look like? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the way that we do it is through a series of, of workshops. Um, those workshops um, uh, happen over a kind of about a six week period. Um, we follow an agile approach because mm-hmm. um, yes, you, you know, we, we may uh, set out to meet with the uh, onboarding team um, but in the process of meeting those people, they might say, Oh yeah, you know what? You should really speak to like, you know, Joan in finance because, you know, she communicates to the customers too. So it's like, it's an evolving process. So we, the way that we sell it is like a, a almost like a bucket of hours. Um, and we expect that we can cover most of it in there. Um, it is an ever evolving process. So we do like to sell in a retainer style because, uh, you know, as soon as we start engineering customer experiences, um, the, what happens is the expectation of the customer increases, right? So before they were expecting here, now you make an amazing experience they expect here. So to get there, you've got to do more. So it's an ever-evolving um, process and you will identify constant areas of friction that you want to kind of remove um, so yes, the, like, you know, we try and do that initial onboarding, um, and discovery in a, like a six week process, but it's, it's never ending. It's a really great point. So partners should be thinking of this as retainer based or like an ongoing service. It goes much farther beyond just a systems rollout and maybe some process documentation to enable it. Uh, expectations of the customers change, uh, areas for continued improvement always surface. So that's a really good point. So um, that's that's a that's a important note for partners to consider. Um, as we come up on time, one other question. I have one final question for you, but we'll get to that in one moment. Uh, should more partners be thinking about Service Hub and customer experience? Like, should that be the leading offering in in more sales conversations? I feel like oftentimes it may be additive behind a marketing and or sales engagement. And then when the opportunity arises, you add, hey, have you thought about customer service, the customer experience? Should more partners be thinking of it upfront uh, in you know, discovery conversations or sales conversations? I, I think absolutely. I mean, like I, we, we uh, our, our, my sales decks talk about customer experience um, from slide one, um, you know, and, and, and we tell that story slide? like it, it, it is. Um, because okay. slide one, because <laughs> yes, well, okay, slide two, fair enough. Oh, okay, okay, um, okay, but 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 um, you know, like as I was saying, like like we live in a customer experience economy now, and c- companies like you know some companies don't do any marketing. All they do is focus on the customer experience that results in somebody telling somebody else something that get you more customers and that's from like you know when you look at the stuff that's going on with privacy and the the increasing costs of buying um impressions and clicks um you know like uh the proliferation of content so it's so difficult to actually rank for for keywords if you follow an seo perspective Mm -hmm. like these are all things that are that 
traditional marketing tactics, and you should act. You know, uh, you sh- you shouldn't not do that. But um, for me, like nothing generates better customers than referrals from your existing customers. Um, and you know, I've been a HubSpot partner now for ten years, um, and uh, you know, I've I've got customers that are have changed jobs three times in the ten years. Um, and have come back to us every single time because of that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like there, like no amount of blogs or anything I could have done could have given me those those three uh, kind of re-engagements. Yeah, it's a really great way to think about it. Um, that's a good place to, to kind of wrap this. Um, final question for you. You've definitely answered this before as being a returning guest. What's the strangest part of agency life? Um, I think the strangest part of agency life, um, is the, the subjective nature, um, of, of, uh, of what customers think about the work that you've delivered. Um, Hmm. you know, so, um, you know, you get, we'll present whether it is a post-sale customer experience journey to the, uh, you know, chief customer officer, and they'll say, this is amazing. You have to present to the CEO and he almost throws you out the office. He's like, this is terrible. Um, And uh, so it is so strange, you know, having that kind of complete, like diverse opinion um, that's, that's out there. And I find that like, uh, you know, the, the best creatives are able to go, okay, like I'll, I'll go back to the drawing board. Um, I find that the more left brain strategy people get really hurt by negative feedback yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and they, they, they find it more difficult. So that's a pretty pragmatic way to label it strange versus, I don't know, yeah, frustrating, you know, ego damaging. Uh, but yes, that the subjectivity, that's a great answer. That's, that could be very strange. Um, Darren, that's it. We're officially out of time. So I appreciate, uh, appreciate you dialing in. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Awesome. Thanks so much. Cool. And for everyone that just tuned in, this has been another episode of Agency Unfiltered. Mm-hmm.